Sip tea, the darker girl is sweeter Feels cool, but it's hotter than a fever Kick back with two of your favorite divas Let's talk, let's talk, come on Start it, give it something you can feel, yeah No faking, we gotta keep it real, yeah Pour it and pull up, see, yeah, yeah and Don't you know it's high time for high tea? and welcome to another episode of The Black Tea. I am one of your hostess, Lucy Stool, And I'm your other host, Bambi Banks Kool-Aid. Lucy, how are you feeling today? Miss Bambi, I am feeling elated, actually. Um, also a little bit uh, nervous, as my girls on the UK Drag Race like to say, I'm bricking it. Um, tom- <laughs> tomorrow, I'm recording everything for the pageant, so I'm like, so close to like feeling relieved and uh, having this like shit done with um, because it's super fucking stressful to try and do this all right now. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think I, wow. I, I know I'm going to get that $10,000 PayPal. Yes, ma'am. We are sending you good vibes. We are sending everyone in the show good vibes, but we know our girl going to kill it. <laughs> yes. So we no worries. We, to, we know we're ready to fucking do this. BMB, how you doing today? Girl, I'm doing good. I've been drafting a tweet. Um, I'm trying to figure out songs to perform after quarantine. Um, some of my, you know, favorite anthems and bops uh, that will be drag staples from now on. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So Madison Beer's Baby, of course. Oh, my God. Um, what, why are y'all so about that song? I don't see it. Have you heard it? No, but I don't see it. That's the problem. <laughs> what <laughs> my ass be hating all the time i'm like who the fuck is madison beer i don't have time for this i'm still i'm still riding charlie xcx over here and charlie's still cool you can you can broaden your horizons okay we can like two girls at the same time girl okay. no i'm just it's just i'm so old there's only so much i can like you know think you're right one time. i honestly as i get older wait a minute you're so right bitch what the fuck is that <laughs> You're yeah. right. You go, you're right when I said I'm old. <laughs> I heard that bit. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'll early, be that. But she agreed real quick. You right. <laughs> Run that. Run that. You old. Oh, my God. Y'all, you know what? You know what? I don't even know why we're trying to wait to do this. We have a very special <laughs> fucking guest joining us today. You have seen her on RuPaul's Drag Race. You've seen her on Netflix. You've seen her on fucking HBO. You've seen her fucking everywhere. Maybe even the jail cell with you. Let's give it up for our special guest, Bob the Drag Queen. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Have you seen the episode of Little Women in Atlanta where she goes, hey? Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love those ladies. Those are my hey. girls. I just found out How y'all that doing? Juicy's not even a part of like the original cast, which really blows my mind. Really? Well, I don't yeah. want to bring the room down with the woman who who famous said, "Hey, hey, how you doing?" She like I think she passed away um this past year in a car accident. I don't want to. Bring yes, Miss Minnie. Yeah, Miss Minnie. 
Yeah, yeah, that was so sad. I was like, God damn it, all the girls were at her funeral. I was like, yeah. why are y'all showing videos of this? This is awful. My, my mom told me that she, because my, uh, my mom didn't want me to drive. I'm from Atlanta. My mom didn't want me to drive. And she goes, people just don't know how to drive in Atlanta. It's crazy. I can't. So my mom would not, like, she literally would not teach me how to drive. I couldn't get a driver's license. I had to wait till I was in college. And I moved to <laughs> Columbus, Georgia to get my driver's license. Isn't that wild? Oh, that is pretty wild. I mean, but she's not wrong. Atlanta is just off the fucking charts when it comes to everything, honey. Well, there, there's this area of Atlanta called Spaghetti Junction, and it's where all the highways, like, intermit. It's like all the highways go to one spot in Atlanta. It's called Spaghetti Junction. If you Google it, yeah. if you Google Spaghetti Junction, it looks crazy. And people just get in car accidents <laughs> all the time in Atlanta. So, I mean, that's why the traffic in Atlanta is so bad, because there's always an accident. <laughs> Um, so my yeah. mom, my mom was like, "Not my baby." <laughs> and I am, I am, I am Martha's baby. I am the baby. I'm like the little bitty baby. I'm the biggest one. <laughs> in, I mean, between me, my mom, my brother, I'm the biggest one. I'm six two. My mom's like five eight. My brother's five ten. And so I'm the humongous baby. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god, your mom is so awesome. Yeah, I love her. I uh, actually just looked up a picture of Spaghetti Junction too, and that's fucking ridiculous. Isn't that wild? Like, who, who in the hell would build this massively intertwined road traffic interchange, as they call it? This is fucking ridiculous. Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast, Bob. Like it, like I said earlier, it's so great to have you on here again. Um, you have actually been to Chicago a few times. Wow, when mm-hmm. was the last time you were in Chicago? Wow, I feel like the last time I was in Chicago was probably when um, uh, I think Naomi was actually performing, and I was just hanging out with Naomi. And I don't know what the hell I was doing there. I don't even know what the fuck I was doing, because Naomi was performing, and I was just backstage recording. What the (laughs) hell was I even doing there? (laughs) I'm trying to think about that time, too, because I remember you came to Queen, but yeah, I don't think you were really working that weekend. But that's because I don't travel for fun i must have been doing some gig somewhere or something i, I think i was actually in town doing a um uh a gala for the uh for a charity and then i had time off and I, then i came over to because you know when the girls work at roscoe's they are contracted they can't work in other places unless it's like a charity yeah. or something. so i did the charity event and then i came over to hang out with a uh, little nene yeah, God, I those bitches. I mean, it's smart the way they do it, but what a monopoly! I'm like, damn, we can't get the girls nowhere unless you have Roscoe's. I mean, I mean it, it, part part of you is like respect the hustle, but the second part of you is like, damn, the hustle is scrum, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, everyone is a big fan of Bob here in Chicago. Um, you know, I I can't speak for everyone, but I love my New York queens, and I feel like this like sisterhood and this like bond between us. So it's always like great to have y'all uh-huh. in town. I, just, I look at Bambi, her ass laughing. And I said, I can't speak for everyone, but Bambi's I love like, my Bambi's New York like, I don't like that nigga. I don't like him. Yeah. Look, look, I have no problem with the New York Queens, okay? Bambi, if you got some slick shit to say, say it right they now. They be having problems with me. I just, you know, like... Bambi, if you got some slick shit to say at the side of your mouth. Is, look, look. If I had something to say, I would have said it. Seriously. Okay. <laughs> like, 
that is true. That is true about my little bitch Bambi. She's like, if it's, if it's something to say, I'm gonna fucking say it. She got that Kool Aid running through her real fucking deep. I tell you what. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I, well, you know, not oh God. I was actually really uh, surprised to learn that people in Chicago like me because I was really self conscious because of um. I mean, and also when you're on RuPaul's Drag Race, you're so deep in the mire of the fandom that you believe that it's real life. And it can be a microcosm. The drag race fandom is a microcosm of the real world, but it's also oh, an yeah. exaggerated microcosm. And there were a few folks online being like, fuck Bob the drag queen. She snatched the crown from Chicago because Kim was on that season. And I was yeah. like, these Chicago motherfuckers don't like me. And I got there <laughs> and they really showed me so much love. And I was right. like, oh, so I, I love Chicago's my favorite, favorite places to perform. For sure. It's so it's so much fucking fun. And they, you know, we really go up for our people here. So I feel like there was a lot of that just because everyone was like, Kim, she is our fucking girl. Mm-hmm. But I mean, after watching that over and over again, and you know how big of a fan, like Kim, she's my fucking sister. We started drag at the same fucking time. But I'm like, it was clearly Bob. Like, well, like it's, well that's how I feel. Like, even when I go back and watch season two over again, James, formerly known as Tyra Sanchez. Yeah. Even though James is very problematic and is genuinely sometimes a menace uh, to yep. <laughs> society at large, he fucking won that season. When you go back, you're like, um, yeah. bitch ate and left no crumbs yep. for anybody. I mean, it's problematic. It's, it's, it's the country couture talent or the country couture runway for me where I was oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there is no competition. And <laughs> also, he was the only person in there wearing custom clothes and everybody yep. else was fully wearing shit from what from West Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so amazing to see. Like, yeah, James walked in there ready to fucking do that. J- James, like, hadn't even really done their makeup before they had, like, went on that show even and yeah. still just walked in there and just sat everybody the fuck down. So, yeah, truly, I mean... Truly, it was... It, it really seemed effortless. Um, and, I, and I do wish the best to James. And, and, I, and I feel like a lot of times the fandom doesn't take into account... Um, some of my, just, like, it's, it's not just, like, an angry Black person. I think you have to yeah. realize that it's also um, someone who has, quite frankly, been bullied by... Drag Race fans, which by the way, Drag Race fans are, I, let's just say this, I work with a brand that recently did a um, a deal with RuPaul's Drag Race on the show, and um, people were like, so I mean, I, did, I work with a brand, I'm, I'm a brand ambassador for this one company, and they recently did a challenge on Drag Race, but they didn't say my name, they didn't say, um, they didn't say, it was his purse challenge, they didn't say Bob the Drag Queen or anything. And all the huh. fans were tagging them, being like, I cannot believe you did not give Bob a <laughs> And they were like, we've worked with a lot of people, and like, we've never seen a fan base as rabid as RuPaul's Drag Race fans. They are, and, and, and just like uh, Tamron Hall recently um, did, uh, recent, Tamron yeah. Hall recently had um, Miss um, on her show. And yeah. um, and Tamron Hall was like, I've had Rachel Dolezal on my show. I've had all these people, but I've never had a response as vicious as when she decided to have Sherry Pie on her show. Because that's because yeah. she fucking got in bed with Drag Race fans. And getting in bed with Drag Race fans, <laughs> it is a messy bed. They can, like As you keep trying to pull the fitted sheet over one side, they keep snapping it off the other side and un- <laughs> untucking the bed and pulling pillows out the cases and shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, that fandom is pretty fucking tough. I mean, I have had my own run-ins. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I like to I like to talk my shit. I like to say what I need to say, like, out there, too. And interacting with some of them, like, I don't know. It gets to a point where I, it almost seems, like, endless, too. Like, you literally have to, like, log out of some of your apps just to, like, yeah. get away from that shit because they will not stop and they will send all they 14 year old cousins out. i was like girl they ain't yeah. got nothing to do they are like 13 yeah. like <laughs> when i was 13 i didn't have shit to do like i <laughs> i understand but like also leave me alone <laughs> well, yeah, also a slight mischaracterization too because it'd be some grown-ass adults in there acting a fool too and we oh, like yeah. it's just kid. it ain't just kids there's some grown-ass full-fledged Tax paying, 401k <laughs> having, tucking their kids in bed at night, motherfuckers, arguing with us online too. I'm like, y'all, it is. But, but I mean, I, I, part of me is like, I, I appreciate the passion. Part of me is like, it's too much. You know? Yeah, it's it's way too much. And I mean, especially after the shit we didn't went through in the last year, I'm like, yeah. everybody needs to like lay it the fuck off. Like yeah. none of y'all, none of y'all need to be out here doing this. Like we have so much other important shit we need to fucking worry about. Like, is, like is give this it how up. is this how straight people act for sports? Like, do straight yes. people ever go up? This <laughs> yeah. Yes. One time I was in Chicago and I was at the you know the best Western everyone stay at. And um, the, <laughs> yeah. the literally the best Western in the world. Um, I was the yeah. best Western, and I came down. So when I buy, I, I like hoodies. I've, I've always like it's just a great way to stay warm. Like a hoodie is the it's a hat and it's a and it's a shirt. It's a sweater and it's a hat. It's perfect, right? Yeah. So I bought this red hoodie with a bird on it in the airport one time. It was just a red hoodie with a bird on it. Bitch, I came downstairs at the Best Western wearing this hoodie, which was apparently some sports team. I almost got into an actual physical altercation because I was trying to stay warm while going to get a croissant from the bakery next door. This guy was like, wrong hoodie, dude. And I was like, I was like, I was like, are you a crip? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this white suburban dad a crip? Like, why is he mad at me? And he was like, I wouldn't wear that hoodie if I was you. And it was during the um the World Series. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to go by. He was like, going, this is a hoodie I bought months ago, just at an airport randomly. I didn't even know it was a sports team. <laughs> and I was like, child, this is like, and you should know, Bambi, being in Chicago, the, the Chicago, Boston, and New York, the sports fans there, specifically baseball, something wrong with them. Something wrong oh, with yeah. them. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, I look, Wrigley, thank God this year, that's the only thing that 2020, you know, bless us with is that not is having true. to deal with Wrigley, Wrigleyville fans. Cause child, oh, that is true. That's another breed. My friends used to live in Wrigley because, you know, the um, rent is like hella cheap there because don't nobody want to be down there. <laughs> no, nobody wants to live in that area for real. <laughs> And I'm like, how do y'all do this every fucking week? Like, every week you have to deal with these, like, crazy mongrels just, like, trying to tear down your house. Like, to get to the damn stadium. It, like, it really is wild. It is, it's, it is, it is unfair. I mean, drag race fans are crazy, but sports fans are on a, like, sports fans will literally physically assault you for wearing, they will. like, if, if, if your team 
um, got Mick and someone shows up in a Simone shirt, you're not going to hit them. <laughs> you just, you're just going to say, oh, work, I was rooting for Simone. Anyway, girl, mm-hmm. yeah. but you're not about to fucking knuckle up, you know? Not the damn straights, God. Somebody put a prayer out for them. Good grief. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. But um, speaking, you know, I was actually thinking about um, a lot of the work that you've done on HBO. You've been on a few HBO shows now. You're on one of my favorites, High Maintenance, right? Yeah, I was on the first episode of High Maintenance, actually. Um, Yeah. Well, first, because High Maintenance was a web series before it was an HBO show. And I was on the first episode of High Maintenance, out of drag. Uh Uh-huh. That killed me. That was actually so fucking cool to see um, and see you out there out of drag, too. Just because, like, I mean, you're a full-on fucking actor and comedian, and you have a career that translates way past, like, Drag Race. So it was, like, oh, so you. dope to turn that on and see this show that, like, I follow and fucking love and see you, like, start on that. That was great. But also, we are here. Like, holy fucking shit. Thank you. When that show dropped on HBO, that... I mean, it for real changed some lives. Like, that is so major. And it's kind of the show and the drag show that I've been looking for this whole time, you know? Yeah, well, to anyone out there who who um, is miffed by the competitive nature of RuPaul's Drag Race, but you still want drag, uh, I think We're Here is a great answer to that because there's no competing. I mean, there's yeah. friendly competition between me, Shangela, and Eureka as, like, uh, co-workers and, and colleagues, you know what I mean? But no actual yeah. real competition, um, and it just makes for a much more relaxed environment. Uh, although we are under some significant time crunches on the show, but if you like feel good TV, and I'm telling you right now, to people who, if you're a crier, if you are a crier, it, it is an emotional show. Like every episode is like another yeah. another, you know, emotional roller coaster. And imagine fucking filming them. Like it's just one hour for y'all. Oh, wow. For us, it's nine days of like. <laughs> This is emotional. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah, watching some of those. I'm not even a crier, and I was sitting there having the heartstrings, like, fucking tugged on for, like, yeah. watching that. It's um so beautiful, and just the way it, like, connects people. And also, I have friends that watch that that haven't really ever connected to drag or, like, understood it or, like, seen it in that way. And the way it, like, humanizes it is really fucking important, too, right now. Oh, thank um, you. And if you love yeah, costumes, like, the costumes in the show are bananas. Oh, baby. Yeah. And, like, literally, those are made within, like, nine days? All of them. Every outfit you see, with every single outfit is made right there in the towns. Right in the town. Our entrance looks, um, our outfits that we wear on the, on the show. I mean, I mean in Man. Twin Falls, I had three drag daughters. Three. And my team was... I mean, banging out these outfits, and just so for so you all know, if you're if you're at home um, and you want to know about like the structure of the show, is it's imagine if we were able to go to Drag Race, but we had a team. So I get I have yeah. you have a, there's a whole team there helping. It's it's not just me and Shangela and Eureka putting people up in drag, you know, by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's, we really do have a whole team. It, it, it really, you really feel like like a superstar when you're when you're on these sets. Hell yeah, it looks like it too. And I can tell from that level of like costuming and makeup. I was like, there's a lot of people on this shit right now. Who's yeah. some of the people that you're that you're working with on your team? So I I had a Keisha Carr based from season one, I had Keisha Carr based out of New York City. Love Hell Keisha yeah. Carr. Another great bearded queen. I had uh, Jasmine Rice LaBeja, um, Layla yes. McQueen, 
Um, yes, our girl. Domino Couture. Um, yes. uh, Ricky, uh, who is Domino's assistant, and then Kennedy, my my uh, personal assistant, who's, who was helping out. That's that's my whole team. And uh, Layla, Keisha, and Jasmine were all doing the same jobs. They were rotating. So Jasmine yeah. and Keisha were doing the, dra- the makeup for the drag babies. And mm-hmm. then Layla came on to do the makeup for the drag babies. And she also started doing my makeup, too. Fuck yes. Like, Layla, that the makeup skill on that one, like, holy shit. Bananas. She's so good. She's insane. She is, she's another one of those ones that I'm just like, y'all are asleep on this girl right here. Yeah. Y'all are really fucking asleep on this girl because she is so talented. One of my, like, favorite performers. And also just a, a cool-ass fucking person to hang out with. Like, yeah. I love Layla McQueen. Yeah, Layla's, Layla's amazing. She's... She's one of those those uh, those drag race girls who never got her flowers that she deserved because she really is. And if, if y'all want to check out some of her great work, go to her page. She sews, she does makeup, yep. she's a great performer, she's funny, she's and and just really a sweet person. Y'all know she's got to be good if we hyping her up during Black History Month, like, right? Like, <laughs> I'm like the bitch is legit, y'all. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, homegirl is she's the fucking T, and she's another one of our Chicago girls. We have um we have pulled her into the city just like with fucking detox and everybody else. Yeah. We're that blob that just literally just keeps sucking people up. I wish it's we could true. get Bob to stay here. But Bob's <laughs> about to buy a house, I heard. Yeah, I'm trying to buy a home in um in the LA area. I actually I really want to talk a little bit about generational wealth in the black community. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And ways to establish that. Cause I was looking at um I was I was listening to this documentary of uh, not documentary, this po- podcast about um systemic racism. Which is it's so mm-hmm. interesting how people like can deny systemic racism and 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 I think that people when 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 we say things like oh this country is racist people are like well the but the Jim Crow laws have been repealed and this that and the other I'm like yeah but also are we ever are we ever going to talk about reparations in the black community and I always put yeah. it this way if you break someone's arm and you don't do anything to make it better. That does not mean that things are just good now. There's still repairs to be made in the area. You see what I'm saying? The arm is still, and it will never be able to work quite as well as the other arm unless you do some major, major reconstructive surgery, rehabilitation. Um, It's going to take a lot to make these arms be even close to equal to each other. Um, And, you know, redlining is probably one of the biggest uh, detriments to the black community, which is um, this process back in the day where they would uh, get, by the way, they, they would give um, neighborhoods colors, like colors in these zones. Like if you're in a red neighborhood, that was like the worst neighborhood. And if you lived in one of the neighborhoods, it was basically impossible to get a loan, like practically yeah. impossible. You could not get a loan <clears throat> if you lived in a red zone. And the red zones were mostly uh, neighborhoods of color and mostly black neighborhoods. So therefore, if you're in one of those zones, not only can I get a home to buy a house in a neighborhood that's not a red zone, but they don't give um, second mortgages to people trying to fix their houses. So the houses in the red zones are deteriorating, they're falling apart, and then after a while, the house is worth practically nothing, and then someone from a different zone comes in, buys that home for cheap, for $20,000, because that's all the because that's more money than the person living in it can say no to, and then someone buys it, destroys the house, builds it up, 
makes it completely un like no one in the neighborhood can 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 afford it and they just buy the next house and the next house and the next house and the next yep. house and they tear them all down and then the neighborhood is now in a different color zone it's a different you know so red zoning is 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 technically illegal nowadays but the effects are still here and because having a house is one of those things that just like you inherit it from someone and you just end up being gifted anywhere from 300,000 to a million dollars in the form of property and if you yeah. ever choose to go liquid with that then you have money and then you can buy your next house. That's what people are like. People use their houses to buy their next houses. And they use that house to buy the next house. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. a lot of black families don't have that. So we're trying really hard to break generational poverty. Um, and, um, and, it, and it also took me a while to realize that, like, I really thought that buying a house would be impossible. Like, it, just, it was in yeah. my mind that, like, buying a house was just was just flat out not something I could ever do. No matter how much money. Unless I made, like, you know millions and millions of dollars and bought the house in cash, I had the mentality that I just could not own a home. And now I'm trying to yeah. flip that around. <clears throat> yeah, it's so great that people are starting to have these conversations now and bring this up because um, it is possible and it is possible for us also to make a change within our lifetime that will not only affect us here right now, but everyone who comes after us. Yeah, It is proven, you know, that this has been happening for so long and we're still dealing with it and still trying to figure out how to get out, out from under it. And that is one of the most important ways. My family has always been about um, trying to get land, but at the same time, we <laughs> haven't, we still don't have any that we own. Yeah. Um, except for my grandmother's house, which um, it's always been really important for us to take care of that and, you know, kind of keep that as our place that we always have to go back to and, you know, to have for our generations that like come afterwards. But yeah, it was always made to seem like this shit wasn't possible. And there's this tweet that I've seen going around lately that kind of cracks me up because it's the truth. And it's like, the bank says I can't afford a mortgage for 950 a month, so I end up paying rent for $1,400 a month. And it's just like, you know, shit like that that puts it into perspective. And I talk to my friends that, you know, own homes or condos and things like that. And I'm like, I am paying more in my yes. rent to help these people who own this place live and survive. While I have literally nothing, yes, <laughs> except it, for the things I have inside this house, like it's what? wild. That that is so true. And, and and I got to a point where I was like, I can I cannot keep paying this rent, which is significantly, you know, the rent's too damn high. Remember, we remember that guy. The rent's too damn high. It is significantly higher than the mortgage. And then I I think what's happening. So what? what here's one that triggered this for me. My boyfriend is Jewish, and when his uh, aunt passed away, he was describing what it was like to go to her house, and then. The relatives were like all going in there and like um, arguing over the money and then like getting the jewelry and the house and this stuff. And I remember when my grandma died, it was literally just like, who's going to pay for this? Because she had nothing. Yeah. She left nothing behind. Yeah. It was it was just like, how are we going to, who's going to, who, okay, we got to get her car back because no, none of us can afford to pay the, the, the note on the car. So we got to get her car back to the folks it belonged to. Um, how are we going to pay for this funeral? How are we going to pay for a casket? How much does the casket cost? Oh, my God. Okay, well, there's that. Because, um, you know, and and, there, and, and I was like, I, when I die, I would like for my niece and nephew to stop talking because they're fighting so hard over how they're going to get my stuff. I want them, I, yeah. I would like my death to ruin some relationships and friendships because people. <laughs> Not I don't, being a messy bitch from the grave. Messy bitch from the grave, honey. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Uh shit. Have you you speaking of that, this like brought something to mind that I was just thinking about too. The that whole burial that whole burial thing is such a fucking scam. Like you pay somewhere like upwards to like twenty thousand dollars to end up like putting somebody like in the ground. But I saw that this company and it's actually it's actually taken on and a lot of people started to use it, are doing this eco-friendly burial thing. Mm-hmm. Where they basically put you in a metal container of soil and let you rot naturally. And then when Work. the soil is done, you are given either to a business or somewhere else that uses the soil or the family can have the soil again so that you can use it to plant and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, tree or some shit. I don't know, some kind of memorial for that. But like that is the wave of the future. And that shit needs to actually be happening because also yeah. this shit is not sustainable like yeah the whole industry is not burial is the least sustainable thing that i think that we've ever done to the planet well no we've done a lot of horrible things but it's really yeah. <laughs> you're right but we've been doing it for so long and, and and also the industry itself has created some standards that are i mean based somewhat in health practices but also in some really um sneaky sly shit like for example you it is illegal to reuse a casket you can't reuse caskets once a yeah. dead body's in a casket, you cannot put in a... I'm like, what, what is the other dead body going to get sick? Like, what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> There's no way to sanitize a casket. So there, there were p- people who were saying things like, what if you put, you know, you let someone rent this casket and you put them in the ground in just a cedar box, but you can't do yeah. that. You you have to put them in. Once a dead body's in a casket, they can't reuse it. That's why I'm telling folks, when I'm done, burn me up, and I don't care what... I don't give a fuck what you do with the ashes. You don't have to do anything. You can... You can put them in a vase and keep them on your counter. You can fucking <laughs> put it in little vials and sell it on the internet. You can <laughs> drop. You can just put my shit in the. I won't get. I will not be here. I won't give a. I'll be gone. I'm like, do yeah. not waste a lot of money on putting me in the ground with some dignity and respect, so I can then just be forgotten down there. Yeah, like press my ashes into like some rhinestones or something. Right, like, something the girls can use. <laughs> right, yeah, make, yeah. <laughs> Turn me into contour powder, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> Turn me into contour powder. I kind of want to be a tree, like Lucy said. Have y'all watched that um, new Netflix series uh, about that black family who runs a funeral business? No, but I did just see the uh, little ad pop up for it today. Is it reality or is it a? It's scripted? a it's a reality TV show about this like family that owns like a funeral like business and they're trying to expand and everything like that to a new building. And the grandma, the it the dad like owns it, but the grandma runs it or something like that. And she's like known to be this like no nonsense lady. And she was like talking to the girls about moving the caskets and explaining how like caskets are important. And like, I was looking at them and I was like, why do they have all this like padded, nice like <laughs> silks and things on this and like do all of this stuff for this casket on the inside for it not to be seen. Mm. Well, I mean, it means, it means a lot to the families and I, and I understand, and I understand, I want everyone to know that it is not lost on me. The, uh, how much it means to bury your loved ones with dignity and respect. Yeah, that is not absolutely lost on me, but I will say that it, to any of my uh, loved ones listening, it will be wasted on me. But I also realized that too, <laughs> funerals are really not for the dead. They're really for the living. It has nothing to do no. with the dead person. It's all about the person, the people who are left behind. Dying is harder yeah. for the people left behind than it is for the ones who, who are gone because they're gone, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that is the absolute fucking That's truth true. of it. 
That is the absolute fucking truth of it. Yeah. Good grief. Well, I, I love that we didn't jump on to burial, burial plots. And how come I can't say burial? Burial. <laughs> I like it's burial. I was like, burial. Goddamn, what's going The new on? zombie mermaid, burial. Burial. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking hey. god! So like the little, little zombie mermaid. My name is Barry oh. L. Oh my god! With the with the red dreads, that could yeah, be cute the... though. <laughs> <laughs> that could be cute though. So Bob, um, what's what's coming up next for Bob? What can, what's something you can talk about that you're working on right now? Well, uh, probably my most exciting next venture that I have coming up is uh, we're gearing up for the second year of Black Queer Town Hall. Um, me and Turkman and um, and the and the Black Queer Town Hall team, we're we're getting our our board together. We are we have filed to be like a official nonprofit, um, and we're like trying to do it even bigger this year. Last year we had some just amazing talents joining us. Everyone from Dr. Angela Davis to Laverne Cox, Todrick Hall, um, Angelica Ross. Uh, I mean, some really great people joining. She had Diamond. Um, and this yeah. year, we're hoping to uh, make it even bigger and even better. That was huge last year too. That was like really dope. It really, it really felt amazing, and we were able to raise, I think, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in Damn. about three weeks. Uh, it was wild. Like I was like, oh my god, people really showed up and showed out, and that money went right back into creating the show. We were able to to pay people, and and I remember there were people who I was who was like performers and actors and drag queens were out of work and the money was scaled so as we made more money everyone made more and more money everyone's paid a percentage we told them that up front and i remember yeah. going to um calling them up and being like this is how much you got or how much you're getting paid and a lot of the folks cried because they were like yo this oh. pandemic has wrecked me I, I have not made any money at all and this yeah. check is really doing a lot doing more than you think it is that's so amazing too. And I mean, it's what we've all been talking about, about us taking care of us and like the community coming together to make things happen, to make sure, you know, that we can fucking survive this because mm -hmm. as we've seen, we're fucking floating out here alone. Yes. <laughs> Miss government is on her own fucking kick, worried about herself. <laughs> so exactly. it, it, if it wasn't for a lot of the mutual aid and the people that have really come together, I don't, I don't, I can't even tell you for myself personally, what would have happened over this last year. Um, yeah, shit got really fucking tough and I am blessed enough to say, you know, that I was able to stay where I am and like make it through it. And I'm starting to kind of see my way out of this fucking darkness, but there's still so many people that don't even have that fucking light in front of them yet. Yeah. And yeah. that's like so difficult for me to like think about every day. Um, just that there's so many people that are still like struggling and don't know when it's going to like fucking stop. Right. So I don't know. I'm always just like trying to figure out what's the next thing I can do to like try and like help out in any fucking way. So it's always good to have these discussions and like hear what other people are up to and like talking to and about and seeing what else we can do for our communities to make sure we're okay. Because <laughs> who fucking knows when this shit is going to be over with? Honestly, like, do y'all remember when we, when we swore it was going to be two months? Y'all remember that? Oh, yes. God, yes. <laughs> we were sure. Like, we would have we like, bet the right. house. Oh, two months. Yeah, gonna be like, lit. Pride is gonna pop, bitch. We gonna yeah. be in for pride. <laughs> you about to be up? Get your, 
Get your pride looks together now, babe. Start stoning. We really were like, oh, girl, it's going to be great. We're going to, like, fix our costumes and, like, restyle our hair and shit. Like, no, it's going to be good. One year later. Girl, it's literally (laughs) almost been a year. And it's really crazy because, like, I I don't know about every city, obviously, but Chicago has been so locked down that... It's becoming the new normal around here, bitch. I'm never leaving my house. Groundhog Day. I, I, it is going to be so hard for Chicagoans when it's time for us to go back to the club because I'm looking at even my friends from New York City, like, but my friends from Atlanta and LA and everyone else, they're, it's still more relaxed there than it is here. Like, yeah. we're still completely on fucking shutdown. Like, all of our stuff still never opened back up. Like, yeah, we are wrong. just completely at fucking home here. And I'm like, how are y'all going to get me back in the club till 4 a.m.? I'm also wondering, too, like, here's the realty. Like, what's going to be like when Queens put heels on again? Like, oh, are, bitch. Are we, first of all, we, we uh, most of us have gained weight. So are we, we are heavier than we were before. Yeah. I, my, like, wearing heels, your feet have to acclimate to what it means to wear heels. And, like, girl, are we even ready? Are we even ready for an, an, a full evening? Out in, out in these streets uh, with a payless <laughs> baby. The I, streets, girl. Like my cows have, like my calves have just like atrophized. They they're not moving. It's not happening. <laughs> like I tried to put on some fucking heels, and I'm not kidding when I say that my calves just like felt like rocks, and yeah. I could barely like stand up straight. So <laughs> I don't know how the fuck I was fucking running on stages and through parking lots and shit. And jumping down the street for fun in fucking platforms, but well, what, I, what I was doing too when I was doing the pit stop, I did two seasons of the pit stop. I was getting dressed in full drag. I was like, I'm not gonna slack. I was doing full drag heels, corset, nails, hair, and then I did hit a chunk of my um, online drag where I was just in drag from the nipples up, and I would yeah. do, do the camera like this and be like, "Yeah, hey, everyone." <laughs> Um, by the, by the time I her, I'm like, hi y'all, welcome to, yeah. hey everyone, I'm going to yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, that's me like trying to figure out how, just how little drag I can do to get shit taken care of. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, you need me to, you need me to film a 30 second ad? Like really? You want me to spend like an hour and a half to just get in drag? Oh, and shit? you know what? My new favorite thing is when you're in drag to do one thing and then you start like thinking like, there gotta be something else I can do. I gotta do a TikTok. I gotta do an Instagram. Oh, I'm, hell in, yeah. I'm in drag. I, I can't just get in drag with this one, uh, for this one little bubbly commercial. I gotta, now I'm in drag. I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> I'm up in here. I'm up in here learning the renegade dance. Renegade. Yeah, renegade, the renegade, renegade dance. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm about to get my money's worth out of this fucking time and drag. That's so fucking real. I I have a chalkboard up now that I write down everything that I have to do, and I try and group it all together so that I can mm. get one. I can maximize that one face because I don't want to have to touch drag for two or three weeks at a yeah. time these days. It's like yeah. going to the grocery store and then you get home and you're like, "Fuck, I didn't get bread." Yeah, <laughs> I gotta make a whole trip back to the grocery store to get some goddamn bread. Again. Ain't nobody got time for that, <laughs> honey. <laughs> Thank you, Bob, again so much for joining us today on the Black Tea. It was fucking fantastic just to be able to talk to you right now and hear what's going on and talk a little bit about the past. And I honestly can't wait to see what you do next. 
I love you all so much. Um, uh, I, I really appreciate you both. Thank you so much, Bambi. Thank you so much, Lucy. And um, y'all can also check out... Um, oh, you know what I'm actually really proud of before we go? Oh, yes. yes. Right now, the fans have been coming through so hard. But I'm realizing that the longer I am away from RuPaul's Drag Race, people are starting to know me from other things. Or people like... Someone delivered uh, me some food the other day. And I was like, oh my God, you're the guy from TikTok. And I was like, no one's ever been like, really, <laughs> no one's ever been like, you're the guy from TikTok. From TikTok. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take it. So me and Monet have been doing our Patreon. We are now up to 13,000 patrons. It is Holy bananas. Shit. It is crazy. So if you want, if anyone out there listening wants to join, me and Monet have a podcast. It's called Sibling Rivalry. We have, thir- yes. there are 13,000 people who agree that we, are doing a great job and deserve their money. So if the you yes. is iconic. Make sure you listen, y'all. It's really high. I love it. I listen to it every week, though. So. Yeah, well, y'all are missing out if you're not you're not <laughs> checking out Sylvan Rivalry. You're absolutely missing the fuck out. That is definitely one to support. Thirteen thousand. Hell, fucking yes. Wow. If you're not listening that to is... Sylvan Rivalry, you're only getting half the story, girl. <laughs> but honestly, but honestly, because but honestly, the yes. TV's so high. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that shit. I love when y'all be ready to get into it. I'm like, hell yes. Bambi, uh, is there anything you wanted to catch up with Bobby with before she pops off too? Oh yeah. Um, Bob, I have this question. Um, who who has the best looks this season and why is it Denali? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! I fucking knew it! I was just waiting. I was like, this bitch, I know she's going to ask. <laughs> So I would say this. I the Chicago people, the way y'all go hard for each other despite anything is really <laughs> and Denali is great. But y'all, we, if you see when you see Simone on that runway, if, you, if Simone hits you with one of these. Yep, that one. Oh yep, my that God. one. <laughs> Actually, and, and, I'm, and I'm not gonna lie, what's the name did do like that sleeping bag look that Utica made is oh. I think it's the best thing that's ever been made in the workroom. If you think of all it the is. stuff, that, when when she came out in that sleeping bag, I said, "This bitch, yep. that looked like some shit that you would see literally on if that was slipped into any runway." In Paris. That was Montclair. That was fucking yes. Montclair. That was that was so couture. Like that was fucking flawless. I loved that. Sleeping bag. Yeah, she and, ate. She and, ate. And, she and when ate. Nicole Byer said she made that in the same time that Lala re-glued bags to a corset. Oh my god. <laughs> Poor Lala Re. Oh shit. Oh my queen. I love her. Uh, I love, I love Lala. Lala so my mom used to produce drag shows in Atlanta. Lala Re had her debut at my mom's drag show. Ah, yeah, that's Your mom can always pick the talent, honey. She knows what's going on. And, and I mean, and Lala Re, let me tell you, because I've had this experience too. But Lala Re, when I tell you this video, you can go to my mom's um, Instagram. It's called Bob the Drag Mom, which is yep, literally my mom's Instagram. <laughs> yep. You can see this old video of Lala Re, and she was squint. Tea. I mean a wisp, a wisp of a woman. I was like, Lori, you better fucking I've seen old pictures of me and I was like, was I really was I ever that skinny? 
You ever see oh old bitches in yourself and think yes. yourself, was, I, was that really the, the, the skinniness I was walking around the world with? Someone sent me a video from uh, four years ago today, and it made me sick to my stomach because I so remember wearing that outfit and that night and being like, oh, God, I feel so chubby in this. And I looked at that fucking photo and was like, oh, my God, you Thick were name. the thinnest you've ever been in your life. Girl, <laughs> like, what girl the fuck? <laughs> now my fucking 300-pound ass sitting here like, God damn what I wouldn't give for that, like, 200-pound body again. Try to be in my size, Amy. You don't know how hard it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, you know, yeah. So, Bob agrees. She loves Denali and she thinks she's the best. <laughs> um, Step aside, it's your girl Denali. Tell us how to yeah. run Tamali. Keep up. Yes. It's a shot time rough. Triple looks in this look. I like it rough. I, I see Pisces. You're too feisty. Go for the cross. So I'm going to get a little feisty. I, I like Denali. I'm a Denali fan. See, Look, she, see, she's a fan, Bambi. Dude. And I was saying, and I said this on Watcher, when Denali hit that duck walk after that walkover, I said, oh my God. When Denali hit that fucking front walkover, whipped that hair and said, I see pricey, but you are too feisty. I said, oh, this bitch serves. Like, she serves. The she little bitch, up. she comes to perform. Her two-year-old ass comes to perform. Oh my God, two, two years in drag? Years, child. Girl, yes. two. two. I, this is literally one of the children that I watched start drag. <laughs> I was I was literally the one who was like, yeah, girl, you should do it. Bambi's <laughs> ass literally got her to start drag <laughs> two years later. Well, that's how, that's how I felt when I, when, like, seeing, like, um, Olivia Lux. I remember Olivia Lux used to, used to go to Look Queen, um, and then, like, I remember, yep. like, coming back to host, and then her being like, hi, my name's Olivia Lux, I'm just so excited to be here, and I was like, good for you, kid. Uh, <laughs> can I get a Red Bull from the bar, please? And now she is, like, fucking it up on Super the star. fucking main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race. Wow, she's like one of my favorites this season. I love her. And she's beautiful. The, the, like, she is, she's, I will say this, there are some queens that I look at them and I'm like, you are just next level gorgeous. It transcends gender. It is just like, yeah. here are the queens I think are just like, I see them and I'm like, how are you genuinely this pretty? And this is no shade yes. to anyone who's not on this list. Uh, RuPaul is just one of the prettiest entities out there. Uh, Plastic Tiara is just oh next level pretty. Olivia Lux doesn't even look like us mere mortals. Like when I see these queens, uh, Naomi Smalls, I'm like, how? Yeah. If, if I was that pretty, I wouldn't be telling jokes. No, no, honestly. <laughs> Like, honestly it's I, I i'm just like i don't even know how someone achieves that kind of beauty it it's it's beyond my knowledge I don't, it's I don't like it's like luck from. and bone structure and and taste level and there's just so I much mean. that goes into it it's there's a lot yeah. that goes into it it is and uh, we fucking salute y'all pretty asses we'll, we'll be over here working double time now yeah so. <laughs> god damn it <laughs> Look, Thank I move you fast. Again. I move fast. <laughs> Bambi, your ass didn't even wear eyeliner till a year ago. Shut up, girl. <laughs> I can't stand you. Shut up. Bob, thank you again that. for joining us today. I'm going to get you out of here before we keep you on here for the rest of the afternoon. We can Thank kiki. you again. We will, we will kiki at it. 
Literally, I was like, bitch, we will stay up in Lucy, here. every time you and I get together for one of these podcasts, it is, a, like, people still uh, write me about uh, when you were on my little, uh, my uh, Only Child show, like, getting a, yeah. a of that. All right, I'm, that I'm was so see, much fun. Now we're going on and on again. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let everyone. I'm gonna let y'all go. You know, you know that thing. Where, 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 I don't know if y'all if they do where you're from in the country. Um, whenever someone wants to leave, they act like it's because of you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you yep. go. I ain't gonna keep you. I'm gonna let you go. Like, bitch, yep. say, say you want to go. I don't want to keep you. I'm gonna let you go. That's that black auntie thing. All right. Well, I got my keys and my purse in my hand. I'm gonna go ahead head out now. <laughs> God damn. I love you so much, Bob. You I take care. You and Bye, we are Bob. watching and supporting, and we can't wait to see what you do next. Ah, oh, Bambi, you got the bowl ready? Girl, I got the I got the tiniest of joints ready. Not that you got a you got a little teener. That's what we used yeah. to call them. Look, it's not that I don't have weed. It's that I, I cannot get up to get it. <laughs> so we need to be resourceful and we shouldn't be wasting things. So, I, I mean, uh, who says who's wasting anything? Not me. What are you talking about? I will never Absolutely waste anything. Not me. So I speaking always, of what you always what? Just a little ASMR for you girls. Oh my god! Whatever. Here, let's take that hit. Okay. <laughs> oh, I have a good energetic strain from our good friends at Dispensary Thirty Three. Because I got too much shit to do, and my ass can't afford to sit down and get lazy. Speaking of weed, Bambi, don't we have a weed fund that they can contribute to to help us out? We most certainly do. Uh, If you could hit us up on Cash App at The Black Tea. Um, Yes, that's The Black Tea. That's dollar sign T-H-E-B-L-A-Q-U-E-T-E-A. Yes. Please send us a little bit of points. Or, oh, wait, did, did we have someone who yes. uh, donated? Yeah, and we want to send a big thank you out to Stephen Touchere. I think it's Stephen Touchere. Touche? Mm-hmm. Touchere. It's Touchere. Uh, for contributing to our weed fund. Thank you so much, my love. We're about to get us a good eighth and uh, give Bambi a, a actual size joint. Child, child, look. <laughs> I am so about Bambi, to smoke. Oh, what? What's going on for the rest of the week? Um, I was just about to say, I am about to smoke this real joint because, um, I need to get real creative. I need to shake my ass and figure out this, uh, this series, this makeup series that I decided that I was doing. Yeah. Uh, I saw you talking today on Twitter together. about that. Yeah. Um, I'm really, you know, I, I haven't used my Instagram in a while. So, <laughs> so I just want to get back to like, you know, engaging with the peoples. And I think it's stuff. time. I think it's time we did our twin look. Bitch, wait. We got those matching suits. You know, we I got those have twin and wigs. You got the wigs. Let's do yep. it. I, really. And you can you can do a bearded drag look again. I can't look. <laughs> I y'all don't know. I'm the bearded beauty, and y'all really oh. be sleeping on me. She is a wigless, no eyeliner wearing bearded beauty. <laughs> I am literally Lucy Stool, but whatever. Honestly, <laughs> like... when you did that cosplay, when you did that cosplay, I was like. 
holy shit, it's like a little skinny Lucy running around the fucking club. I loved it. Child. You even had on the, the pink signature fucking fabric and everything. Yes, girl. You know, I, I my favorite thing about drag, and for some reason, I will go so much harder if I have to do, like, a birthday performance or, like, if somebody, like, asked me to do something that, you know, I obviously like. I swear to God, I, I go 10 times harder than I do for my own damn drag. I was like, are we doing Lucy Illusions? Let me let me because... <laughs> <laughs> you really you really do go up for that shit you know when i win this uh pageant i think i'm gonna have a drag show where i pay everybody to um impersonate me so i'm gonna have to have you bring back <laughs> bitch uh, look i'm gonna eat them up so <laughs> I can't wait. like i thought it was a fun idea and i was like uh there's like a few things i'm gonna do to like give some money back and like you know take care of the people who take care of me but i was like how much fun would it be just to throw a drag show where everybody just basically is me night, night. <laughs> night of a thousand lucy's moment yes like i fucking love that idea so i'm gonna have to make you pull that back out for that one. Oh, baby. um but yeah this was a really fucking great episode i'm so glad we got to have bob on today i'm look i love me some bob the drag queen like i was kind of a little starstruck because this <laughs> this has the confidence <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. and and like that's like there you can't i don't know you just can't buy it it's like there's always there not always but there once every blue moon is that queen who just like walks in and you're like damn she won <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know exactly I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you don't I mean, need to watch we, the season you know <laughs> talk about you know black excellence and here in black history month i think we also need to celebrate you know black people who are making history right now and Ooh. bob is most definitely one of those fucking people an inspiration and a great person all the fuck around changing like, the world changing the fucking world we talk about people doing the work that's the people one of the people doing the damn work y'all Girl, I love Black people. I love Black History Month. I just Me found too. out. Did I tell you why it's called Black History Month? No. Why, Sandy? So apparently, Black History Month started off as a week, and the only reason oh, it yeah. started. Yeah, I did tell you this, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I knew it, but I want to hear you tell it again. Oh yeah. So apparently, it started <laughs> off as a week, and this man started it because um, February was actually a really big time for Black people, like for Black holidays, and uh, also like. Uh, people who abolished slavery all of their birthdays or like people who were like I guess good to black people in history were all born in February as well so he just decided that it would be in February uh, because schools were not teaching black history obviously so yeah. it started off as a week and then grew into the whole month because of the lack of like <laughs> education that black kids were getting about their own people so that's why it's actually in February, and I really hate the 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 idea that it's in February because it's the shortest month. I really hate <laughs> that we say that. Uh, so I don't know. I just wanted to share that. Anyway, well, have a good day, Lucy. <laughs> well, thank you for dropping the fucking knowledge, BNB. I love I love when you school the girls. You know, we have to make sure that people are walking away from this with some more. With some more knowledge, especially during Black History Month, darling. I am Lucy Stool, And I am Bambi Banks Kool-Aid. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Lucy. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining me, Bambi. We love y'all. Bye. Keep sipping the bird. Bye.
Sip tea, the darker girl is sweeter Feels cool, but it's hotter than a fever Kick back with two of your favorite divas Let's talk, let's talk, come on Start it, give it something you can feel, yeah No faking, we gotta keep it real, yeah Pour it, 